how he would kill people. Basically, people having to go through real torment or torture to get out of the situation that they're in. I thought it was like a nice, fresh spin, as opposed to like running and being chased and, oh, I'm going to hide in the shed. Wait, now it's full of uh, sharp objects. Now we're going to run to that house over there, but it's the brother of the leather face, you know, whatever it is, right? I feel like it was a lot cooler when you just wake up with these people and you're experiencing it with them to like get out of that situation. I want to take us on a little side quest. Goku's one of the greatest anime heroes of all time. He's badass. He's awesome. Dude, hands down, Final Fantasy VII wins every day. How could you not love the Mario Brothers movie? Robocop kicks everyone else's ass. And that's why Superman sucks. Oh, the Velociraptors kick ass in Jurassic Park every single day. Oop, went on a bit of a rant there, huh? up everybody it's eric with the cyclist podcast a little bit of reverb but that's what you get when it's spooktacular weekend oh my god it's halloween weekend everybody we've got the full gang here to spook everybody just before you go sleepy night night uh justin jeff welcome to the show and i want to just kick off our first main quest because justin and i did do some spooky uh Spooky topics last week, and now that we got Jeff and the whole trio, I figure we just jump right into a fun one that we haven't really discussed in the past, I'll say, is horror-type books, right? Scary books, scary stories, um, kind of, you know, no limits here. We could be talking internet stories, we could be talking books, hardcovers, shit that you've seen on a sign. Um, so being as I've only read so many books in my life, uh, I'm not illiterate, but sometimes I am. Jeff, I want to toss this bad boy over to you. I feel like you might have some good horror books that you've read or you could recommend to our audience out there. Um, <clears throat> I haven't read too many, just um, maybe like one or two. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, when we were younger, we read a lot of Goosebumps. I know that's more Justin's realm since I think he's read every single one, at least has a collection of every single one. I read a couple like Lovecraft inspired horror novels, um, which are pretty good. One was called The Fisherman, which was uh, pretty dark and kind of fucked up. And then uh, I'm just finishing now Jurassic Park. And I think the book is more of a horror story than the movie. Ooh. They definitely tone shit down from the movie because um, the book's a lot more, a uh, lot more deaths, a lot more blood. So, um, yeah, I'd say about those two, maybe some goosebumps. Okay. Very spooky start. Justin, how about you? I'm going to toss it over to your, your little court over there. Ooh, my court's filled with spookiness. <laughs> uh, I started reading like Stephen King books at like a really young age, probably younger than I should have been to be reading some of the stuff that he writes. Cause it's very adult. Mm -hmm. I, I remember reading thinner when I was in fourth grade. And he spends an inappropriate amount of time describing the main character's pubic hair. <laughs> and when you're, <laughs> you're like 10 years old, you're like, I don't know what this means. But yeah. why did I don't know why my grandmother gave me that book to read. It was very weird. But um, yeah, some of his books, like the end of it just takes a real big 180. There's like an orgy with the kids. There's turtles. There's all sorts of weird shit that happens at the end of that book. 
Yeah, but you you have to understand that the sheer amount of drugs that Stephen King did while <laughs> writing the majority of his yeah, life. Wasn't he on, like cocaine for like ten years and no one knew about it? <laughs> he was just he would pump out a book like in a night. Like he would just go do lines off of the like the typewriter and then he'd wake up in the morning and be like, I don't I don't remember this, but this is there you go. Here's it. <laughs> it's nine hundred pages long. Oh my god, it unlocked something in him. The drugs did. So, wow. Well, we took, we all took dare, so we don't know what that's about in terms of drugs, but hey, to each their own. And sounds like it worked because the dude, I I was surprised to see that he's still alive. I don't know know why. I I always thought like, you know, there's certain like, uh, I'll say directors or actors that are, you know, really known for horror. And I just, I keep forgetting that the guy's still alive. You know, I, I think just his work is still coming out, still pumping out. I just even watched a movie. Gosh, what was it called? Um... Just came out on Netflix. It was about a phone and some guy, and like he was calling from the grave. It was kind of creepy, but um, you know, I, I kind of like his his uh, the Northeast is kind of like mysterious, right? Was it like Maine, Massachusetts? Like a lot of his books are in those spooky yeah. areas, tall trees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and Justin, I don't know if uh, for new listeners out there, if you wanted to. Describe a little bit your Goosebumps collection, or when did that start? Because you are a pretty big fan of those books. Yeah, I am a big fan. Thank you, Eric, for calling out either my creepiness or my dorkiness, whatever you want to call it. I I remember the first time I got a Goosebumps book, I had to have been... It was Welcome to Dead House, and that came out in like 93 or 92, somewhere between 92 and 94. And man, did I just love what R.L. Stein would throw down. And I read, I've read every single one. And in sixth grade, I thought it was a little like, uh, these are little kid books. So I sold my Goosebumps collections. And I made like 40 bucks at a garage mm-hmm. sale. Mm-hmm. And that, that purchased uh, almost an entire PlayStation game. So that was like a massive upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> but I had, had to repurchase them all. And I've got them all on my bookshelf. Uh, the original collection. So great books. Love that. Yeah. I, I guess, yeah, I feel like in every household growing up in, you know, the late eighties, nineties, uh, it was kind of a staple. I did not have that many. I mean, I'll say I had probably maybe eight to 10 books tops. And it seemed like every scholastic book fair, that was the exciting time to run into the library and see what new goosebumps bucks, goosebumps bucks, uh, <laughs> books were coming out uh spooky tongue twister right there folks um and get the latest and greatest but i feel like all of my friends had them and we would kind of trade and pick and choose and they were fun i remember reading a lot of those for um the 600 minutes of reading in the chicagoland area at our school was uh if you if you read for 600 minutes you get a free ticket to six flags great america so it was like incentive to read and i think that's the last probably book i ever read was to get that ticket and then in high school, there was no incentive. It was pass or fail your grades. So don't like that. Don't force me to do that. Anyways, we're not talking about my school history. We're talking about spooky things, horror books. And, and I got to ask you guys, maybe you know, maybe you don't know. They're going to throw you on the spot. Were there any were there any books made into movies, horror books made into movies that you felt missed the mark or overachieved the mark? Or are you totally unprepared to answer that question? Because I know I am. <laughs> I mean, most of them miss the mark. Okay. <laughs> the majority. Let's throw in CGI and 
Then it all fucked up. <laughs> Justin, what about you? Do you have any uh, thoughts or any books you read where you're like, huh, uh, maybe in the horror category, did, did they uh, meet it, miss it? A lot of Clive Barker's books uh, translated really well onto screen, but Midnight Meat Train with Bradley Cooper did not. Oh, God. Dude, I know you that. forgot about that movie until right now. <laughs> I, don't even, have I, ever, I don't even know if I've ever seen that movie. Bradley Cooper was in it? Yeah. Oh, God. Was it like straight to DVD? <laughs> no, it, uh, it might have been. It was like 2006, 2007, somewhere in there. And it was, he's, it's, a, it's a weird movie. And it's a, I don't want to, obviously, you're both going to go, and all, Claudia and all of our other audience member is going to go watch this movie like right away. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It was probably most definitely in the red box, probably towards the lower couple shelves, if we're going to throw it out there. Well, yes. Now, everybody, you have something to watch during Halloween, so don't let us down. We want a full book report movie review when that happens, so let us know. Um, outside of that, guys, we had a fun time last weekend, a little spectacular. Jeff, thanks for hosting. Um, I know every year, folks, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that we love Spooktober and Jeff hosts a party basically every year. We just get together, have some drinks, have some food, go uh, to a local, what do we consider? Just like a farm? Just like a, is it, it's not like an apple orchard. It's just like a, I guess a farm where you have rides and food and drinks and haunted hay rides and barns and all that fun stuff. So I thought uh, thought it was a good time. We had the fire raging. I didn't. I mean, I left pretty late, but Jeff, I can only imagine how how late did that party go? Uh, I think it went to like one o'clock. Oh boy, well, not too terrible. Yeah, that's not bad compared to previous years. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was the hurricane pizza ordered? I doubt it because I had Mister. No, hurricane he doesn't boy. do that anymore. Oh yeah. Well, uh, folks, he also left. Yeah, I he drove him home. <laughs> he invited. He invited our friend Ryan, who we saw at, who works in the Haunted uh, Hayride. Yeah. And then uh, he left before he showed up. Yeah. And uh, Ryan was pretty pissed. Yeah. (laughs) I can tell you that. Yeah. No, I know uh, our buddy Ryan um, has worked there for how many years? 20 years now doing the Haunted Barn and uh, scaring kids and parents and families alike. So that's a a testament to, um, you know, just being able to do that and entertain people for that long that's awesome job love that love that jeff you threw out this idea of spooky rides favorite spooky rides because the haunted hayride it's fun it's a little pricey but it's still fun it's about 15 minutes you go through different themes things like that but you also went to fright fest not too long ago and just curious if there were any of your favorites outside of the farm and you know uh let's say uh, six flags out of all the rides that you've been on what's some of your favorite spooky rides that you've been on um, well, I don't think, um, Fright Fest, the rides aren't really spooky. They're just roller coasters during Halloween season. But, you know, I, I like, um, I like the Haunted Mansion at Disney. Mm. It's probably one of my favorite spooky rides. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I also think Dinosaur at Disney is kind of spooky. It's a little, <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty crazy. It's intense. Uh, the Jurassic Park ride at Universal when the Raptors come jumping out and the T Rex is pretty, you know, it's a, uh, <clears throat> it's a lot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I wouldn't say outdoor roller coasters are very spooky just because it's a roller coaster, but more like themed rides. 
Yeah. Obviously, I'm trying to think. I know even like Universal, the Mummy had some pretty creepy stuff in the beginning uh, before it turned into whatever hell it turned into. I did watch YouTube videos on where they go through like the scariest dark rides and things like that throughout the world, like in Germany and stuff. Some of those are pretty messed up. Yeah. Uh, pretty terrifying. I haven't written any of those, but I know they exist and they're out there. We kind of did one this past summer. <laughs> where, um, Dave not only cackled once, but three times. <laughs> three times. Yeah. Uh, everybody was just standing right there in line about five feet away. There was. was he also cackled on the Haunted uh, Mansion in Disney. Oh, geez. You know when it stops where they uh, sometimes someone didn't get off right or didn't oh, get on? Yeah. Yep. We're like going backwards into the graveyard and we <laughs> stop there and he cackled and you're in that little dome type of like box you sit in and it just echoed in my, my ear so loud. <laughs> and uh, I was like, thanks for that. That was really cool. He's got about So that made it even more spooky. <laughs> he's, he's got about like four of those saved up per year. Like I feel like each year he gets a good four ultimate cackles in. Uh, there's some small cackles, but yeah, that sounds like that would be pretty haunting on that ride uh, to hear. For people that. who don't know the cackle, Justin, you want to explain what the cackle is? It's a noise that comes from the depths of hell that reside in his belly. <laughs> and even the best of witches cannot go toe to toe with him. Nope. On the hayride, he out cackled the witch who cackled. Yeah. Who has paid the cackle? Yep, that's her full time job, and he just he just slam dunked on her. She had, she, I think she like <laughs> rethought her job. We did not see her next year, that's for sure. Nope. <laughs> so thank you, Dave. Nope. Justin, how about you? Any spooky rides you've been on besides this past summer? Two that come to mind. One real. One, I guess it's not real, but um, I, I always like the. I guess three. I I like the Twilight Zone ride at Disney. Like yeah. I. I think that's a pretty spooky one. We went to Universal when we were younger, and the King Kong ride brought my little brother to tears. Ooh. It was hilarious. Yeah, it has some moments in there. Yeah. Um, and then the ride at the beginning of the remake, the House on Haunted Hill, okay. where they think that they're falling and plunging to their deaths, and they find out it's just the TV screen below them, and the not Vincent Price, but the Vincent Price character is kind of like, okay, let's go now. Yeah. I was like, I want to do that ride. Yeah. Ooh, I like that one. Ooh. Spooky. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Did you have a third? I I, I <laughs> let's 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 throw, let's let's keep talking about rides and let's talk about the, the roller coaster from Final Destination three. Oh god. <laughs> I remember that trailer being um it was kind of like, how are they going to top it from the previous movies, right? And I feel like that roller coaster definitely did a, did its service in scaring you off of, you know, not riding roller coasters for maybe a couple months. Spooky. But that one... Spooky, spooky. That movie was unique because they did, before Bandersnatch did, a choose-your-own-adventure on the DVD. Oh. Where, like, it, you would get a choice, to be, and it'd be like, get on the roller coaster or get cotton candy. <laughs> and then if you click get cotton candy, then the credits would roll. Oh. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, you can die in a different way. That'd be cool. You get cotton candy, you get stuck in the machine, and his head gets cut off, and then he dies. <laughs> oh, I like that. 
like that one. Oh, I feel like you guys took all the good spooky rides, but I do remember at Six Flags Great America in the Chicagoland area, uh, great, the American Eagle, they put it backwards during Fright Fest, and riding a roller coaster backwards is definitely kind of frightening, especially at night, especially when you're younger. I mean, I, I love roller coasters. I don't think they typically scare me anymore, but that thing, the last time I rode it and going backwards, you just... I. I mean, this is a rickety old 1971, I think it finally was uh, debuted, and it's still the same wood and screws and nails and everything in it, so I think that's the scariest part of the ride, is that it could collapse and kill everybody at any moment's notice, so I don't know if I'm ever going to ride it again, mm-hmm. but that one was spooky, because it turns backwards, and ooh boy, <laughs> me up. That's a good one. I like that. Um... All right, boys. Well, I want to talk about some of our favorite horror antagonists. So there's a lot of good horror movies, slasher movies, uh, scary, spooky movies, you name it, right? From rated G to rated X, NC-17, whatever we want to say. Um, I want to know some of your guys' favorite horror antagonists. You know, who were some of the best, not necessarily villains, but um, I guess we could catalog them as villains, but... Some of your favorites, when it comes to mine, when it comes to spooky season, what are some of those killers out there or antagonists that you like to watch? So, Justin, I'm going to toss this one over to you first. My all-time favorite has always been Freddy Krueger. I I don't know why I always gravitate towards him in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but um, in terms of, like, supernatural, I think he's... He's pretty far up there, and it's fun because he was once a human when he was terrorizing the town, and then now he's, I don't even know what you'd classify him as, is just a dreamwalker, and he's just still just fucking with teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always in that age range, huh? Um, outside of that, I, I know we watched that um, at Spooks. We had Scream on, but... Uh, Boy, Matthew Lillard and, and Billy Loomis, they bring the heat as I think the later sequels sort of spoiled the magic of the first movie, but they were a pair of really great killers. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Jeff, how about you? I always like the the Deadites from um Evil Dead. Mm. Just um I love the Evil Dead series and I've watched all of them multiple multiple times. But just kind of the way they fuck with Ash a bit, almost in like a comedy sense, like they're clearly enjoying it. Like you get slasher films where they're just murdering or you get, you know, they're these primal evil things. But uh, the Deadites just seem to like really enjoy tormenting people. And uh, the whole movie, I don't know if you've seen one or two or Army of Darkness, but some of those scenes are pretty fucked up. Yeah. And uh, they're literally just terrorizing this guy in a cabin. Shout out to Sam Raimi there, Mr. Uh, and Bruce Campbell. He's yeah, the- so I like I like them as protagonists. I also like the alien in Aliens, where it's just this <clears throat> creature that is just hunting these people. They don't know anything about it. And um, it's just, like, terrifying. Yeah, and you don't see him that much until like the very end. You just see his tail like go through someone's skull, or his um, second mouth come up real close to someone and just pop right there. They're dead. Just like real <laughs> fucked up scenes. 
Um, and I think he's just a great because it's not like, oh, he's he's back from the dead or he's got vengeance with someone has to kill the whole school because they he was bullied. Now, it's just this thing that's just killing people because that's what it does. Yeah. Good one. And that's its purpose. Good one. I like that. Um, I'm going to have the first one that came to mind for me was um, Jigsaw. I, not necessarily, I'll say the latest ones, but at least the first couple movies. I thought Jigsaw uh, from the Saw franchise was actually really cool. I just like the clever twist and spin on like just how he would kill people. Basically, people having to go through real torment or torture to get out of the situation that they're in. I thought it was like a nice fresh spin as opposed to like running and being chased and oh i'm gonna hide in the shed wait now it's full of uh sharp objects now we're gonna run to that house over there but it's the brother of the leather fit you know whatever it is right i feel like it was a lot cooler when you just wake up with these people and you're experiencing it with them to like get out of that situation so jigsaw for me was definitely number one that's that's i think that's a that i love that you brought that up because like the first movie is so amazingly good and it it doesn't hold its value when you rewatch it when you know the twist right like it's like yeah, right, the right. whole it's a little difficult but the first movie stands out like you know hand over fist versus the other one so i thought the second one was okay and i thought the third one was eh, and then it just yeah. really goes downhill from there but well, it gets yeah. convoluted. Yeah, and but so, Tobin Bell is an excellent oh, actor. Oh, hundred percent. He is. I mean, before then, I, I guess I never even noticed him or knew where he came from. But like, I'm like, oh man, this guy's first couple movies are awesome. But apparently, he's been doing it for a while. <laughs> like, I just never really <laughs> recognized him from anything else. But I thought you did a great job. And yeah, once it got to the point, okay, if you have if you haven't seen all the Saw movies, like, and you want to, maybe take. 20 seconds but by the time it got to the second and third where the guy is clearly dead now they're ripping his brain open somehow he still has tapes inside of his body and it's keep it keeps going that's where it just gets un- you know it just doesn't get fun anymore um or exciting anymore and then they just really try to up like the grotesque uh nature of people and the kills and stuff like which isn't necessarily a bad thing but you're right something was very special about the first that you know they just couldn't do again in the second or third or God, who the fuck knows now? What fifth, sixth, or seventh? Who knows? <laughs> I so I I've got a good side question. Here. Yeah, it's obviously going to be horror related, but I I would categorize Saw as torture porn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would I would pit it against Eli Roth's Hostel. Okay. Yep. And what would you rather watch? Um, Saw at its most brutal or Hostel at its most tame? Ooh, here's oh gosh, that's a good one. Um, saw. I feel like <laughs> there real quick. Saw. Okay, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I want to say hostile, and here's why: because that, like, saw didn't necessarily scare me, but hostile kind of got underneath my skin because I'm like, this is actually probably happening somewhere in like Eastern wherever, right? Like East Europe. Uh, like it was so believable that this place could exist, and like people could just be taken over there and trafficked and then tortured like that to me was kind of creepy because like Jeff, I know you travel over there and I know you, you have like no fear in the world and anything like that. But I was like, dude, if I were you and traveling alone and <laughs> going into like a hostel or staying at a weird place, like that's the first Same. thing that come to mind. You got a better shot at going to Epstein's Island than some weird. <laughs> <hostel thing. laughs> 
<laughs> You're up. <laughs> Hold my beer. Let me just travel to Transylvania right now. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Uh, to answer your question, short Justin, I'll go the hostile route because I feel like that actually got underneath my skin and scared me more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. How about you? I Well, I think that the, the first Saw was a better movie, more high-quality movie, and brutal as hell, and I'm not going to say that it's not. Um I, I like that Hostel only had the two parts, and Hostel 2 was very silly, and it, it knocked up the brutality like through the roof. But the mere fact that the end of Hostel 2, where the kids play soccer with somebody's head, uh, makes, <laughs> yeah. makes the Hostel franchise win for me. <laughs> God, I vividly remember that. Seeing that in theaters, um, yeah, I... And it was inc- incredibly brutal. I mean, like the kills there and just what they did. I mean, it was you definitely you definitely got your money's worth if that's what you're looking for in terms of just being ripped apart. It must have been really fun to film that stuff, though. If you're like the effects department, um, well, so to, so to take it to like a step further, like I've read uh, interviews with Eli Roth talking about the original Cabin Fever movie, and he did it with. Uh, um, Ryder Strong was one of the main characters, and there's a scene where he's Ryder Strong's getting blood splashed on him from somebody that's infected, and Ryder was like, the whole time Eli Roth is just laughing as he's just flinging blood and guts oh, on me. Oh God! Yeah, I mean, what does it say about the people like Eli Roth that like are writing and directing these movies? Like, what? Uh, let's maybe go do a health check on his house in his basement. <laughs> Let's just take a peek there, because you never know. Um, but yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I thought of another antagonist that scared the shit out of me when growing up was uh, the ring. The girl from the ring was really fucking spooky. I don't know what it was about her coming through TVs, or maybe the fact that it, VHS tapes were I still like in circulation. You watched that movie. I I remember seeing it in theaters. I don't know if we saw. It. We definitely watched it at some point. But I this I was that. yeah. <laughs> That one movie we went and saw, White Noise. Oh, God. Um, and it was Keaton. so good, and we were so excited. And the first quarter of the movie, it was great. And then the moment you saw the ghost and it was CGI, we both <laughs> looked at each other. Yeah, and like, literally, that was a D minus. They like became, yeah, it was like they became best friends, or like the voice was going to throw them off a roof out of a parking garage or something. It was just, it just got so fucking weird. Uh, but we, that looked hopeful that like that marketing campaign did a really awesome job. And then it just fell so fucking flat, but like the ring did a really good job. Um, that something about that movie just spooked the hell out of me. And it was the year I got a TV in my bedroom and I almost like told my parents to just take it away for a little bit until I collect my huggies and become a man. I go from boy to a man. Uh, but that movie was kind of spooky. She was a, a real good antagonist. I just, uh, I watched... Again, um, for the second time, maybe the first time I didn't really watch it fully. I don't know. Anyway, was um, you know A twenty four the the only studio that apparently can put out any type of decent horror movie these days? Um, <clears throat> but it showed up on HBO Max. Whatever was the witch? I don't know if you guys seen that. Oh, I saw the I saw it scrolling past, but I haven't clicked on it yet. You know, he's somewhat. He did The Lighthouse, too, which was fucking awesome. Um, Anyway, that movie is just dripping with evil the entire time. Just not even the witch part and the devil part, but just 
the way that back then, you know, this was in like what I don't know, not Ma- not Salem, not Massachusetts, but it was like set twenty years before the Salem witch trials, and just how people thought back then, like it was fucked up. Like back then, there was a devil, and that was it. That was just fact. And the way they live their lives and the way they punish people was just brutal. Yeah. And that whole movie and whoever did the score on that movie, it's just terrifying from the beginning to end. But even in the beginning, like it's some of these movies, they're like, oh, it's psychological. It wasn't really a witch or whatever. No, beginning of the movie, it's the baby scene. I don't know if you guys seen it. I don't want to spoil it. It's pretty fucked up. And it just goes, nope, there's the witch, and she's doing this fucked up thing, and it's the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. And you're in for uh, for a ride. It's really fucked up. If you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. Kind of reminds me of, I have not seen it, but uh, talking about that, kind of reminds me of, gosh, Dr. Sleep, uh, where oh, they great. were... They were just torturing that kid uh, and, like, kind of playing, toying with them, but literally sucking the life out of them. <laughs> that was a really good... That was brutal. That movie, I did not expect it to be that good. I, I finally sat down and watched it. It was going to be good, and that movie was great. Yeah. Was I got done watching it, I'm like, God damn, that was a good movie. Yeah, it, it actually was. I just, I never expected it to be. Justin, did you ever watch uh, Dr. Sleep? No, and we've talked about it before. I'm I'm not a fan of it, the predecessor. So yeah, Mr. Shining, I was, I was eh. <laughs> Mr. Shining. Eh. What, what is what is that? Hey, Mr. Jack. Um, I gotta Jack. know on the flip side of it for protagonists, the good guys, the survivors, the ones that typically come out on top. Maybe not mentally because they're probably so fucking scarred and gonna end up in a mental institution, but. Um, some of the protagonists, I think it would be fun to do a death battle for some of them. So we'll, we'll figure a pe- few people out here, but let's get that intro going. Get over here! Flawless victory. All right. Well, I, I looked a few up because obviously there's so many different movies, so many different people in... Uh, there's some movies where you just don't even remember the names of the antagonists, or sorry, protagonists, I should say. Um, but the first two that came to mind for me, one was Sidney Prescott, classic, you know, the main protagonist from Scream, Nev Campbell. And the other one, Justin, I'm so glad you teed it up here. <laughs> I wanted to go after Wendy from The Shining, the 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 <laughs> wife, the mother. You know, she has kind of the knife. She's kind of defending herself. And Nev Campbell is kind of in a similar situation where she's kind of fighting for her life. I got to know, when we pit these good people up against each other, which we don't typically do, unless they're superheroes. (laughs) But I want to know, between Sidney Prescott and Wendy in their prime during those movies, who's going to come out on top? Jeff, I want you to go first. That's kind of a no-brainer. It's definitely... Cindy. I mean, she's been alive the whole time. All the movies. Okay. She, I mean, didn't she kill one of the killers once, too? Or killed, like, two of them? Probably. I think she's definitely hurt. The, she's hurt uh, Ghostface a number of times, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, the one from The Shining, I mean, she's terrified the whole movie. <laughs> she didn't really attack anyone. She has no feats. She hasn't 
she would be dead she's, very quickly. She's got a low power bar. The only reason she won is because she got him, you know, lost in a maze outside, and that was that's it. But hand to hand, she was able to do nothing toward him. I think he hit her a couple times. Cindy, on the other hand, has actually, I think, taken down at least one of the Scream Killers. So uh, that's a pretty pretty easy easy okay. matchup. There. I would, <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll let you finish, but um, I think there's some different matchups that might be a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I'm going to go with Wendy. I feel like once you push somebody so far, especially when she's got that big, sharp knife, like Sydney. Is a little bit more calculated, but I think she's a little bit too trusting, right? She always continues to pick up the phone. She keeps falling into the trap. She keeps forgetting that, like, she's a part of this game. Whereas Wendy's not fucking around anymore. Like, she's got a crazy husband. She grabs a knife and she tries to at least defend herself. Where she might come off as a little, uh, you just wouldn't expect it from her. Meanwhile, she might be stabbing you in the back of the neck as soon as you turn around. So, I feel, I'm going to go with Wendy just to shake it up. Justin, what about you? No, you you shook it up there, my friend, and I'm gonna agree 100 percent with Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Everything that Jeff said is spot on. Everything that you said, <laughs> Eric, is garbage. I gotta give it out to yeah. Wendy. She just well, looks, yeah. and I'm looking but at you, the, you gotta use feats from the movie. You can't just and I'm looking at her picture. She is this is her before. I mean, she Cindy dies. definitely has shown that she's capable of defending herself. Hurting someone back, fighting back, surviving multiple movies. You picked Wendy because <laughs> she might snap. That's not really a feat. That's just saying something. <laughs> Good point. Can we do, can we, let's cue the music. We're, we're going to do one more death battle. Cue the music. All right, let's do it. Get over here. Flawless victory. All right, let's get it on. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna take one of Jeff's favorites. Okay. Well, I, I got it. a death battle too, so let's do Justin's than mine. I guess we're all doing. I love one. this. Do it. I love this. Uh, one of Jeff's favorites. I wouldn't call her a final girl per se, but she is a survivor. Ripley from Alien. Okay. Oh, gonna be part of mine. Yeah. And let's go with probably the strongest final girl in cinema, recent cinema history. I don't know. Maybe the 1930s had a better one. But Laurie Strode. Mm -hmm. But in her Danny McBride survivalist mode where she's almost straight pulled out of Terminator with all the, the weapons and the traps and the guns that she has to get Michael Myers. Ooh. Um. Yeah, that's uh. All right, I'll go first because I know you guys will be able to talk more to it. But I feel like I gotta go with Ripley. I feel like she's more of that military type mentality and training. I feel like Lori. Don't get me wrong. She seems to pick up and and uh, by those movies seem definitely more prepared. So not gonna diminish the fact that she's you know definitely got some. I'll say self-teaching training and an arsenal of weapons but if it came down to it i feel like ripley's gonna hunt her down and find a way to kill her and not make it look easy definitely a gunfight probably have a couple bullet holes but ultimately i think ripley's gonna take the w on that one hmm. 
Jeff, what do you think? It's a, it's a definitely an interesting matchup, but I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Eric as well on Ripley. She's militarily trained. She uh, clearly knows how to use military equipment. Uh, Laurie Strode is awesome in the in the new ones, but she um, she's just kind of training herself at her house, being paranoid and freaked out about will Michael come back or not. And yeah, she's got traps and all that, but uh, if they're just going head to head, she's got no traps. It's just these two. Uh, going at it and fucking Ripley Michael Myers is a is a is a badass to go against but a fucking alien queen um and Ripley looked it in the face and said what she what, what what's her favorite her famous scene get away from her you bitch yeah I'm just uh, I'm not fucking with someone that goes toe to toe with a fucking alien hive mind queen mm. which would just rip Michael in half and not really think about it. Well, uh, do you guys make great points? Originally, I was going to say Lori for the victory, but I was thinking it more in terms of Ripley coming to Lori's house with like some Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) And to Jeff's point, if we're matching them, absolutely. You drop them into a room. There's, there's nothing. Who's going to win that? I, I agree with you both. I think Ripley does win that match. It's it, it's definitely a good competition, though. I mean, Lori will will put up a fight. She's not going down easy. She's not. Just oh yeah, she's dropping dead. She, it's going to take her a lot to get killed. Like she will, you will need to double tap her in order to make sure Lori's <laughs> dead, for sure. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Let's hear yours. Let's go three for three tonight, boys. For three, I, we don't have to cue up the music, but um. <laughs> But I want to pit um, the the whole team uh, from the thing in Alaska or in the polls. I was going to pit them against the uh, the original crew of Alien, not aliens with all the Marines and all that, because they're both dealing with this alien entity. And there's only two people that survive at the end, and it's the two main characters. Uh, I would love to hear what you guys think. Oh, Obviously, you know what the, the movie The Thing is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of aliens. It's just in the South Pole or North Pole on some research facility, and then the alien comes. It's a lot more fucked up movie because of all the horrible, disgusting scenes that are in it, but... Still, they're dealing with this thing that they don't know what it is, and they're trying to kill it. Mm. All right, Justin, That's a really... you, you go first on this one. <laughs> that just means <laughs> that you don't have an answer. <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> uh, no, this is a this is a great matchup. So let me. Can I ask you a, a follow up question? What are the the matchup conditions? Are they just dropped into a room with nothing around them, or are we saying does? Does the alien crew try to survive in the thing's environment or vice versa? I mean, let's say the, the aliens is on a ship and the thing is on an Arctic base. Let's put them on like a giant cruise ship. I was thinking the same. That's awesome. Because that would be like a good medium there. 
So they're on a stand, like a, a super epic, big, like carnival cruise ship. But that's that's what they're doing. Is there a third force involved, or are they just knocking boots together? Knocking boots. <laughs> I mean, I would be terrified if I was a creature on that ship with those two teams. Um, so I wouldn't say that there's a third force because the third force would a hundred percent not win. Because you get two of the main characters from those two main movies who are badasses who do win by themselves. Now you're teaming up together plus their crew. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think anything stands a chance if it's just one. So, I, I think that given the experience of each of the both sides of the crew, I'm going to give it to the alien crew, just because I think Ripley is a stronger, more combative leader than Kurt Russell potentially is. And I think he's more of a victim in the thing where it reminds me of with the Denzel Washington movie fallen, where you've got the, the demon entity that's going from body to body. So you never know who's uh, the one that's possessed. If you subtract the thing from the equation, I think you just got a bunch of dorky scientists. (laughs) Good point. Yeah. Um, good points, Eric. Yeah, I I'm, I think I'm going to go with the, the cast from The Thing. And here's my thought process, right? I think the military-type guys are cool and good and badass and all. But when we look at kind of the cast of The Thing, we've got a few more different flavors of backgrounds, right? We've got a biologist, a cook, a mechanic, multiple mechanics, Geologists, physicians, biologists. What Wikipedia page are you reading from right now? <laughs> <laughs> Literally the Wikipedia page for the thing. But like, <laughs> but like, I feel like there's a couple diamonds in the rough here with this roster, right? I feel like the cook and the mechanic will always have something up their sleeve, right? Like the cook's going to come out with some move, with some weaponry. He's the one that's okay. kind of the stealth silent guy. Time out. Time out. This is not under siege with Steven Seagal. <laughs> no, definitely not. But it gave me an inspiration for this one, for sure. So shout out to them. <laughs> uh, but I feel like the cooks and the mechanics are going to put something together and kind of um, you know, be, be the... Be the ones that people don't think they have to worry about, and then they're going to come out on top. Also, there's more people in the thing than there is on the uh, on the alien ship. So I feel like from a numbers game, too, they might have a few yeah. more people to uh, take down as opposed to the, the alien crew. So that's my Good story, point. and I'm sticking to it. Jeff, answer your own question immediately. Yeah, I mean, in my head it was a good matchup but then uh now that i think about it more is clearly in favor of the 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 alien team is a you also have an android which i forgot which uh is played by uh what's his name from who was bilbo bilbo baggins oh yeah 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 uh what the i'm looking up his name right now real quick ian home yeah who plays the android in that so I forgot that there's an android on their team, which he does lose his mind at the end of the movie, so he could potentially become an issue, but I'm just going to say that he's not. Between him and Ripley, uh, and these guys, these guys, what, they're miners or they're, what, what are they? I think they're just a hardier crew. Um, and like Justin said, outside of Kurt Russell, they're just kind of 
nerdy scientists. And they don't really need science to help them try to figure out what they're up against. They're just up against other real people. So, uh, yeah, I guess I guess I'll have to go with the alien crew as well. Walter White would like to have a word with you. He outscienced <laughs> some people. But, hey, good points. Good points all around. I like that one. That was a nice was little, good. little team up. Um, I like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to follow up with that one. It was so good. Um, but, no, I think... One final little side quest I want to do, almost like a short burst of first things that might come to mind. Uh, two things. One is I want to know some of your best or favorite scary movie soundtracks or scores. Doesn't matter which it is. First ones that kind of come to mind. And second, are there any good or terrible horror video games that you guys have played since forever, right? Just think back or think recent. But two things I want to know from each of you. What are some of your best favorite scary movie soundtracks or scores, and then some of your best or worst horror games that you played that we can recommend to some some fans out there. So uh, in no particular order, I'll just fire it off and throw it over to Jeff first. So uh, why don't you have... So we're doing favorite horror video games and favorite horror scores. Yeah, I scary guess... movie soundtrack. Like either just straight up soundtracks with real songs. Horror's definitely 100% whoever the hell did The Witch, because that's terrifying. Oh, okay. Hereditary also has a terrifying uh, soundtrack to it. Um, you definitely got to give it to the OG original Halloween with uh, John Carpenter just kicking ass. Um, so... Those are three off the top of my head for soundtracks for games. Um, there's a few of them that I played called Cthulhu. I know uh, there's one called Soma, which um, just I think Anna was playing that. That seemed kind of terrifying. Yeah, she I did play that, yeah. I haven't played that yet. And then I just got done playing The Last of Us, which was, whew, that was a ride. Scary, super, like, you're super intense. Um, Doom, the one where you go to hell. That was pretty um, mm. pretty fucked up. Um, yeah, those are those are the ones now. The Last of Us, not just because of the clickers and all that stuff, just because it's an emotional horror story. Jeez. Yeah. That, was, that was a ride and a half yeah. that I just got done <laughs> playing. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say those off the top of my head. Okay. Very good. Uh, Justin, what about you? For for music, I'll start there. I'll say score-wise, I don't know that it's officially considered a horror movie, but it's scary as hell, but A Clockwork Orange. Yes. <laughs> and that, that score actually uh, bred the Pumpkin Glows with an Orange Light song, because that's what <laughs> we were listening to in the background. I like when horror movies stick the landing with just like one creepy song that sort of like how the strangers did with the uh, the sprout and the bean by uh, Jillian Newsom or like how you tie West's your next did with uh, you're the magic by the Dwight Twilly band. I like that kind of soundtrack when you got like a really just tangible, like normal song in like a fucked up moment. Yeah, I mean, it's not a horror movie, but Tarantino with like uh, in Reservoir Dogs did the same thing. And it's like, this is a happy song and I'm w- witnessing people dying. Yeah. Um, 
You're a brick. House <laughs> from House of a Thousand Corpses. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh, those are creepy ass scenes. Yep. Um, video game wise, I'll say for like a good favorite, I've always loved the Resident Evil franchise. I was a big fan of the Left for Dead games. Uh, obviously, Zombies Ate My Neighbors will always have my heart. But there was a Sega game that sucked called Welcome to Splatterhouse. Okay. I don't don't remember if you guys remember that one, but no, I don't. It was not good. No. <laughs> well, don't well, play that. Ghost, Ghosts and Goblins was good. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yep. Altered oh. Beat was a good one. I like all that. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. All right. I like that. I'm going to keep that train going. So I got to admit, some of the, you guys took some of the ones that I definitely want to pick in terms of scores. But, like, I remember Psycho being one of those that was, like, just – it was just ultimately – the movie just kept you on edge, and the score did a good job of just, like, enhancing that. Like, it was just always – just the strings and the the sharp notes and just making you feel uneasy the whole time. I thought that was good. Uh, same with Jaws. I feel like it was very similar in the sense of like obviously you know the sharks around, the sharks coming. Like what what could be better than something like that? Um, gosh, there's so many good scores. I, like you said, Jeff, Halloween was a good score. I mean, basically anything John Williams touches is great. Uh, Danny Elfman, I mean, even a score like Beetlejuice. It's just its own. It's yeah. funky. It's unique. Like, those scores are awesome. Um, soundtracks, I mean, I just got to give it to... The award goes to 90s slasher movies. Like, they had some of the the f- most fun soundtracks. Like, some of the latest hits of the day were just kind of peppered in there a little bit. But... I just feel like some of those movies had some really good soundtracks. I don't. Ooh, can I one. can I make yeah. a real quick connection from of what course. you're saying? Um, so, "Red Right Hand" by Nick Cave, which was like one of the the big yeah. songs in Scream. Yep. He was the one that did the soundtrack for Dahmer. Ooh, that's a so good. just that that's a little nugget for you right there. And yeah. the soundtrack in Dahmer, as we we've, we've discussed, is actually. Minus all the horrible killing is actually <laughs> yeah, really cool. Actually is good. Yeah, the red right hand. God, nailed it. Um was that also in Dumb and Dumber or am I crazy? I feel like that was in Dumb and Dumber. I, I don't know. That's a good crazy. question. I am crazy. Uh best horror games. All right, I'll admit I have probably not played as many as you guys, but two of them that come to mind, it's more like zombie based. It's just like World War Z was fun. Jeff, me and you played that one just because there's like hordes and hordes of zombies coming yeah, at that's you. A, that's a fun game for and sure. like, and like, no matter where you go, where you're at, like you turn around and there's like 400 zombies just coming at you. So you're always on the run. You're always on the move. You got to kind of think and strategize and save your ammo. Uh, that's always fun. And the other one was dead by daylight. Another zombie game where again, you know, you're just kind of open world running around and every once in a while when it gets dark out, Holy shit, you better find a place to hide because those things are coming out and coming for you. And you just hear them. They're crawling around the corner. They're climbing up buildings. Like, there is no safe place to go. So, uh, some of those horror games were pretty fun. I, I don't really have a horror game that, like, sucked, though. Um, if I played it, I probably forgot about it. But um, <laughs> maybe, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Probably way back in the day when the graphics weren't even that fucking great, like N64 or anything like that. But, uh, I just thought of two more. Two yeah, real go for quick. it. Silent Hill was was really fun. Yep. And then there was a PlayStation game called Clock Tower. Huh. And it was like a 
point and click game and you were being chased by these two killers that had gigantic pairs of scissors. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus. That's awesome. It was weird. I just I totally have that that memory has been vacant from my mind since 1997. So thank you. I love that. Not sleeping tonight. You're welcome. You guys, before you go to bed tonight, watch this this newer game that came out. It's not even really a game, I guess. It's uh, it was like G mod modded from Gary mod. Uh, it's called Backrooms, and basically, it's like buildings, like almost like office buildings or a prison or all these different locations, and you're literally chased by these giant face, whether it's Joe Biden or some of these memes <laughs> online. And as it gets closer, you start to hear like. Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe. And it's like, you just literally are supposed to be running away until it, it kills you. There is no like timer. There's no nothing. You just literally run around. So go sounds like um, Poppy's playtime or five nights of Freddy's. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean like this started freaking me out. I started seeing it on uh, like Instagram and YouTube and all that. And I started watching. I'm like, why am I watching this? It's actually kind of freaky. You're just getting chased around. It's like anxiety inducing. So just to keep you up at night and help you with that, uh, <laughs> To help with your insomnia, not your sleep, um, go ahead and watch Back Rooms. It's the, the the great new craze all the kids are playing. So, all right, boys. Well, I wish you both a very happy and exciting spooktacular, spooktober, Halloween. Um, thanks, everybody, for joining us. This is our favorite time of year. We hope you had a great October. It's so sad when it comes to an end because literally... November 1st is like people switch over to Christmas immediately. I need a couple days. I need a little breather. I need to get let, the, let the spookiness wear off a little bit, and then you get in the holiday spirit. So uh, uh, it's sad when we take the Halloween decorations down around here, but it is fun to kind of get amped up for Thanksgiving and Christmas. So keep, Ooh, yeah. keep being spooky, folks. So, boys, how shall we end it? All three of us are here. Deaths. Scary slashers. Uh, trying to think. Um, any ideas? Um, I think we should put Justin on the spot. We haven't done that in a while. Bring it. All right, Justin, you're um, you're a haunted. You're Wendy. You're yeah. You're Wendy. You're very. Uh, you're trying to order. Uh, a burger at Wendy's, but you're very confused because no, that's gonna be scary. It's gotta be ordering Wendy's. <laughs> you went to a haunted Wendy's and you're trying to order from ghosts, and uh, Jack shows up to kill you, and Jeff will be Jack. Oh, dear. <laughs> All work and no play. <laughs> oh, god. Makes Jack go crazy. Oh, wow. That's the knife going in. Okay. Ah! <laughs> Happy Spooktober, everybody.